Hi, welcome to Broken Shovel Podcast, homesteading for a sustainable future. Uh, uh, my name is Lucas, and with me uh, is Eric. And I'm then Lily. introducing <laughs> Lily, our new pro- our producer on the show. She's taking care of uh, a lot of the business ends of things and keeping Eric and I firmly on the rails. <laughs> Uh, so she is the Roz to our Frasier. Uh, that may be a dated reference for some people, but there's a reboot coming out. Uh, today, in addition to just talking about what's happening in our own backyards, uh, we're going to be talking about the wildfires in Canada, how they're affecting the United States Eastern Seaboard, and um, what the outlook of that uh, feels like. Uh, <laughs> good morning. How's everybody doing? Eric. It is. I'm glad the weather's finally cleared up a little bit today. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. It's uh, it's a really nice day. We've had a lot of rain and here in Vermont. And uh, Lily, are you more. in Vermont this week? I I actually uh, just drove twelve ish hours to Michigan yesterday. Oh, okay. She's in Michigan today. <laughs> I'm in <Wow>. Michigan today. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. We're for graduation, right? Yeah, for graduation. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling after that drive? You're going to be able to keep us uh, on track here? I think so. I mean, I, I killed that drive yesterday. <laughs> All right. Um, I do want to mention, uh, it's not coming out quite yet, but I did. I joined a podcast yesterday uh, called KD Time uh, with this nice young woman, uh, KD, out of Brooklyn, New York. And uh, we talked a little bit about homesteading and things there. She's a really great personality. So if you want to check that show out, please do. And uh, I'll be on there at some point in the next couple of weeks. Um, but today we're talking wildfires, right? So we got lucky here in Vermont, uh, more lucky than than you did, Lily, Oh, Uh, in New York. You sent me some photos from New York and it was fucking terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anybody who thinks the apocalypse is coming is wrong. It's already here. Um, So uh, we've got about 11 million acres burned at this point or burning. Yeah, I had about my my number was 10.6 million acres so far this year, and we are in the second month of the wildfire season. Yeah, and this is to give a scope of of the size of 11 million acres, that's about the size of two New Jerseys. So um, that's that's big. It's a lot of a lot of trees gone. It's a lot of a lot of CO two and smoke being released into the air, and a loss of those CO two traps. Yes, yeah. Um, so it is. Uh, uh, it, it's it's dire. Um, these are still burning. There's really no end in sight. Yeah. Um, it's about fifteen times the normal amount yep. of fires by this date, uh, and cool. I think Eric's got some. Statistics on this for us. Uh, and, that's uh, we'll I just had that how much how much acreage is burned and just like the uh, like and then I had a lot of lot of stuff of potential causes of this. Well, yeah, let's talk about that because uh, obviously it's still being investigated. Uh, yep. The focus is really on the fire itself in Canada. Yep. Um, and it's, it seems like the uh, it's it's mo- most likely cause is the. Uh, the storms that they're having in their kind of central region there and the increased amount of lightning. Okay. 
What's all right, so warm, warm. Yeah. yeah warm, so dry conditions, warm dry, conditions, dry, and light. Yep, lightning, uh, record heat, plus a mild drought is a tinderbox condition, which is like one of the one of the, the facts I found that I did I thought was really cool was for every one degree Celsius we raise, there is about a twelve percent more chance of lightning strikes. Wow. Okay. That's, that's wow. Okay, that's terrifying in the land of metal roofs. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is, and and uh, I I wish I knew up, Lily. What is the projections of of increases? Can you look that up just Ooh, over yeah. the actually, next couple I of years? I did actually write oh. that down of like how bad, how like because I wrote it down as how 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 much and how how bad it is and. So right now we were trying to beat a 1.5 degree Celsius average, um, but it looks like we're actually going to hit that number potentially as early as 2027. Oh boy! Wow. And, and so now okay. the goalpost has been moved. So now the goal is to beat two degrees Celsius. Okay. And but but we would have to get that. We would have to completely stop all fossil fuel burning now to even possibly stop us from reaching that two degrees Celsius. And I mean, obviously there's absolutely no chance of that happening. Nope. Nope. And especially with the fact that we are in these, uh, what the, these, the scientific communities call in these feedback loops. Of okay. As, as these events happen, they feed into themselves, making things worse. So like mm-hmm. with the, the trees burning, we have the massive release of CO2, which is going to trap more greenhouse gases. We then also lose all that forest land that was trapping CO2. So less CO2 is being trapped. So we have more greenhouse gases in the air. And thus, we're going to keep getting warmer. Okay. Um now, as far as impact in the United States, we know what happened. The news was loving it. It's terrible. Um, anybody with, with any conditions over 150 uh, particulates or something like that is recommended to wear an N95. And now we're in this opposite situation that we were in COVID, where you have to wear the mask outside and take it off when you're inside. is <laughs> really fun. But um, what about Canada? We, I mean, are, what, what are we talking about? Displacement of people across Alberta and Quebec and things I like that. Saw thirty thousand people have been displaced by fires so far this year, with some being able to go back in, but a lot of it's actually up in the uh, the oil fields in Alberta. Oh, okay. So, so we're actually a a sub effect is we're actually seeing a slight increase in oil prices because their production's reduced, because they've had to evacuate people because of the fires. Well, and that's something I hadn't really considered was the economic impacts. Uh, Did you see less, basically, traffic in New York, Lily, uh, during Uh, the harder smokes? Or were were people being New Yorkers about it and just going out anyway? I, there was there was people out. There were there were people like part. Basically, New York is like any reason to party at this point, and so <laughs> there was like there people mentality. out. Yeah, they were like they're just. I I wore an N95 because I actually had a cold, <laughs> which was the worst time to have a cold. Um, yep. And um, one of the things that my partner and I did is we actually got out of New York city because we were able to do that. And it was just so bad. And 
but the roads still were jam-packed, people walking around Times Square. You know, like, it's, people think it's my vacation, I'm going to vacation. Right, and this is vacation time on a lot yeah. of the eastern seaboard. And, um, you know, we're seeing, I was looking at some charts this morning, uh, I was seeing the, the smoke moving into Florida, uh, which is also being hit with the seaweed uh, that we mm. mentioned last week. And I'm just wondering, has anybody seen any sort of economic impact study or anything from this? Not- um, I just I just looked it up and there there is no there's no data. There's only really data about tourism. I, Eric, yeah. I don't know if you have any more. I didn't see anything about I mean, everything seemed like, oh, yep, smoke business as usual. Okay, yeah, I, I have, you know, I live in a pretty touristy area of Vermont, lots of little lakes and everything, and I have seen no disc decrease in out-of-state plates. If anything, they're coming here to get away from the smoke in I've Massachusetts and Connecticut. I've seen a lot of New York plates. I've seen a lot of New York plates this week. I'm driving yeah. around yesterday. I'm like, and they're driving terrible too. But that will that's not. That, <laughs> we're not going to talk about that on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's another yeah. podcast for another day. Yes. Yeah. Uh, why are you here? But give us our give us your tax dollars, please. Yes, uh, give us our tax dollars. <laughs> stay out of my swimming holes. Yeah, and drive faster. Yes. <laughs> or drive slower, or drive less. Like in like, yeah. Drive, drive like your kids live here. Yeah. Um, so. So just, I mean, just to to put things oh, into, sure. I, I'm reading this financial post. Now, if they do have an impact, so tourism contributions is nearly two billion in revenue in Canada's economic like economy. So, I would love to eventually find numbers on that and maybe come back to it a later episode. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and I think as this these fires get taken under control, we're going to see a lot more information. Right now, the story really is the smoke and and what's going on. Now, the feedback loop, long-term predict, predictions, uh, what are we see, seeing here? We're going to see more, more of this and more often. And, like, yeah, we're going to see, like, on, on Reddit, I was seeing people saying, well, last year was below the average for fires. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to have that happen. But we're going to see more of these events happening more often with more frequency. Yeah. Well, and, and if anybody doesn't understand what an average is, it is a, it is the <laughs> connection between high numbers and low numbers and finding a point in between that is the average. <laughs> so. yeah, and I, I, I can't remember if we mentioned this last week, but like with the Vermont drought that we've been in and the nation, national drought and both in the U.S. and Canada – and everyone talks about, oh yeah, the average. We're still we're still at average for rainfall. It's like, yeah, but that average is going down because we keep having years with less rain. Thus, the average as like as we keep getting less rain, like yeah, the average is going to keep going down. So it starts looking more and more normal as it goes on. Right, and we're we are. And, and this is only anecdotal, but we are acquiescing to this sort of stuff. We are becoming more accepting of a shifting average, as a, a shifting 
you know, gr mean point, you mm -hmm. know, uh, Meg came back, we needed, we were out of bacon and, uh, she came back from the store and told me they didn't have bacon. And I went, okay. And, and then, you know, as I sat with that for a moment, I was like, the grocery store didn't have bacon and, you know, Canada is on fire and <laughs> we're living under smoke and already it's dropping out of the news cycle. Nobody is really talking about it. There's a, there's a news story about the uh, UFO or something. And that oh, no, is we're, taking oh, we're past, over we're along past with the UF too. We're past that. Oh, we're, we're, on, we're past the UFO on, now too. Yeah, we're past. We're up, we're up to. We're back to. We're back to Trump again. Oh right. Oh okay. right. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but <clears throat> you know, just that. Do you? Do either of you feel that in your own lives? Like you know, Eric, with like with your with your kids, do you see them just sort of like adjusting to the new normal, or I is think, this yeah. the new normal? And, I think and, th th this is the normal. Like they've not known a difference. Like right. they've always known us to have like, oh yeah, it doesn't rain much in the summer. Yeah, the snow, we don't get a lot of snow. We never we never gotten a lot of snow. Right. So and and Lily, you're you're more in the, you're pretty firmly in, in the millennial camp, right? If we were I brand am. new. If if okay. if I'm branded, I would be in the millennial camp. And I remember like my school getting shut down probably a lot during the winter time because there were an excessive amount of snow, like, you know, four or five feet, you know, in, in a day, whereas now that's just like a one day occurrence or a once in a blue moon. And people are like, Oh, that never used to happen. And I was like, um, yes, it has. And then, and, it, and, <laughs> yeah. it's, and it's been a thing. And I remember rainy summers and I remember April always being super rainy and into May being super rainy. And Meanwhile, yeah, May is when we had our heart, that, that devastating frost we're going to be talking about next yes. week. Right. So, yeah, it's and, you know, uh, uh, as the elder of this group, I mean, I growing <laughs> up in upstate New York, uh, I remember, you know, just very typical every afternoon at four o'clock, it would rain in the summer and, you know, getting, you know, really sustained snowstorms and sitting, you know, and I'll, I'll age myself a little bit more sitting by the radio all winter waiting for the school closure to be announced because yep. it was that bad. And, you know, so it was, it was really, it really is something. And, uh, um, I'm somehow off the rails. Yeah, I mean, I, I, in my, I've so, seen, seen it. We all, and uh, like I had, I remember all the, we, I remember all the snow days take, when I was a kid. I'm like, yeah, now it seems more likely that there's there's a delay because it iced before it snowed, and it's right. like, yeah, we only get a few inches of snow, but it also feels like they're they're more likely to cancel with these minor snow events where. I was a kid, I can remember 16 driving home in four inches of snow from school because they're not, yeah. they don't, they didn't cancel school over four inches of snow. No. And now it's like a couple of dusting and like, no school. Now, yeah. now, are we, well, let's get back to the, is this the new normal? What, what has climate change? Let's, let's loop it all together now. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, I, I think firmly this is the new normal. We are going to be seeing more and more, um, you know, fallout from climate change. We're going to be seeing disasters of varying flavors, um, you know, and right now to see something 
so massive as this blob of smoke moving across a map and sort of accepting it and and realizing that it's this is it's over we, we this is you know they keep as you put it earlier eric they're, they're moving the goalposts uh which sort of enables this this thinking of of, of this is the new normal yeah, and I think a lot of a lot of I, I on a lot of the subreddits about the politics of it. It's just like everyone in politics and even in the scientific community seems to be just waiting for rather than fix the current problems of like curbing oil use, pushing for electric vehicles, pushing for more public transportation, and just decreasing our dependence on oil. We're just going to like, no, nope, it's, it's going to hurt too much economically to do anything. We're just going to wait for the magic wand to show up. And there right. is no magic wand. The rich are going to abandon us for those low, low orbit space stations that they're working on. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's and, uh, you know, and, and there's no laws in space, so they can still exploit uh, from here. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, this is this yeah. is capitalism eating the planet. This is mm-hmm. this is greed eating the planet. Yep. And, you know, a lot of people say that this is because of inaction uh, by our governments and all of that. And oh, that well, is, they've acted. They've acted. They've yeah, acted in they've favor acted. of continuing to consume because to change would hurt the economy and hurting the economy hurts the rich people and we can't have that. Right. Absolutely not. Um, yeah. So any, anybody who says that there has, this is caused by inaction. That is, that is propaganda and a lie mm-hmm. because yep. the government has acted yep. and they have acted against the human race. And, yep. and, I mean, and the one, there, there was one time where they all came together and had actually a consensus and did something and that was when that we had all the CFLs and the ozo- the holes in the ozone appearing. And yep. collectively, everybody came together and said, nope, we are all going to stop using CFLs. And look what happened. The ozone healed. But everybody came together and agreed, said, yep, this is a bad thing. We need to stop it. Here's what we're going to do and need to do. And they did it. So yeah. what, do you, what do you think that next point is? Like what? What do we think that next ozone hole? Like, I think let's we're get past every, it. I feel like we are past that. I we, would agree we are past with you. Any of those? I mean, I think the, I think one of them is going to be the Cat Seven, Cat Eight, Cat Nine hurricane that we're going to get in a, yeah. in the next five, ten years. Like the the storms that go beyond our normal scale of measuring these things. Yeah, we're talking loss of lives in. I mean. I'm talking a lot like cities and town, like multiple cities being wiped off the map by an F6 tornado. And do you yeah. think, do you think these, these wildfires that, that we're seeing are really just kind of like the catalyst that is, is coming and everything is just going to keep growing just like these wildfires. Among, among other, yeah, among yeah. other catalysts. Cause there's also the, the shifting jet stream because of the warming in the art in the Arctic, because Oh, there's not that cold air coming down from the Arctic hitting the warm air from the equator. So the jet stream is all jacked up. It's why we're getting the polar vortex. It's why the the smoke got sucked down to New York City and Jersey. Well, uh, so and I saw somewhere. I, I wish I had the source on it, but the um, there is they're saying by 2030 the Arctic is going to be ice free in the summers. I saw that. I saw. I 
don't remember what year I saw, but I saw yeah about something similar. Yeah. So it's you know, and considering, you know, I'm going to be alive in seven years to see this. I am just <laughs> terrified. I mean, we go to like I know day after like we referencing the old the day after tomorrow movie of like right. when that much w- cold water from melting ice shifts down into the into the Atlantic, that's going to shift the ocean current. And then the, right. what's that going to do to our weather patterns and the jet stream and everything else? Yeah. Now, now I would just uh, – I would like to kind of loop this back to, you know, maybe how this impacts you guys in particular. Well, um, my main concern is if the smoke particles are mixing oh. with the microplastics in my bloodstream – and forming uh, an entity within me. Uh, But, I mean, again, like I said earlier, in Vermont, we got really lucky in this smoke situation. We got lucky, Um, and we're going to keep lucky with... Yeah, one bad day, and we're going to keep getting lucky with the fire situation as well, because for some reason, our forests are very... I guess they... It's referred to as the, the asbestos forest. Because it's just okay. so well insulated from having fire events, and I wish I could find—I couldn't find information on what makes the Vermont forest so resilient against having these major fires from breaking out. Because we do get lightning strikes and whatnot, but it never takes more than a couple towns' fire departments to handle it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's really. Um... And, I, you know, I got a sore throat that day. I was outside all day. I think I, I kind of I clocked out around 3.30 as opposed to my normal 4.30 uh, and just kind of went inside and drank a lot of water. But uh, compared to other places in the country and, and the, the poor people of Canada that seem to be left out of this news uh, because, you know, we're, well, we're the U- U.S. media, they don't care about Canada. They, oh, they yeah. just care. Yeah. They were talking, I mean, what was it? Fox News is talking about how, well, the U.S. and New York citizens should sue Canada for the smoke. <laughs> well, of course. Of course they would say that. <laughs> oh, swearing. That is absurd. That is absolutely absurd. Oh, Eric, why did you have to tell me that? Uh, <laughs> that's that, that's I mean, what the that news is, cycle has gotten yeah. to. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I mean, what are your – any final thoughts on this? Like, I mean, obviously, this is a disaster. This is a global mm-hmm. disaster that we're seeing. Um, this is – One of many that we're going to see this summer. Like, I'm waiting yeah. for the like, – like, like hurricane season hasn't even got, ha- fired up yet. Like we've seen a few tropical depressions so far, but right. we have not seen much yet this year. And what was it, you, Lucas, you were telling me about the uh, people are worried because we have a La Nina effect out in the yep. Pacific. And the last time. No, La it's Nina, actually El Nino. It is actually El Nino. El Nino and they just, con- they, it, they just officially kicked it off this weekend. Okay. They said it, we are officially in an El Nino. All right. Oh, okay. That's great. Cause that's, was it? Yeah. El Nino was the year that we got Irene. Yeah. Right. Which uh, we talked about in the last episode where it, I mean, for me, that's most of what I'm doing in my garden. I'm, pre- I'm preparing for in my garden this year because I will be trapped. Yep. I, I, I will not be going anywhere. 
if if El Nino hits. Yeah, see, I, um, I thank goodness have the lifeline of the interstate that yeah. if I, as long as I can get off my hill, I can get to the interstate and I've got a decent lifeline out. Yeah. And we have ways to get supplied here at least to some degree. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, t- well, talking about our homes and our homesteads, we should show it. Let's let's uh, lighten the mood a little bit and uh, <laughs> try to talk about what we've been doing here uh, at in, in early early summer, late spring. Um, I, I don't know about you, Eric. I've been really busy. What if uh, you've got your garden in? Everything's established. my garden's in. It's established. I've got to replace some stuff. I I think that that the the cold. Followed by that really hot, dry week into this cold, wet week, it's really made my plants angry. Like okay. I've lost, I lost my cucumbers. Oh, my no. pumpkins are—they're not looking great. My tomatoes aren't looking like they're not like shooting up like I'd want them to. Uh, are, but I have is, my, is there like any discoloration on the tomatoes or anything like I that? Guess they're uh, d- they're they're cup they're dark. Oh, like, they're dark, dark okay. leaves. Yep. I've been finding a, a magnesium deficiency in a lot of my plants this year mm. and treating them with Epsom salts. So, um, yeah. you know, well, like see, you'll I'll, see that I'll with really like the yellowing. See, yep. Well, we'll really see once like, the beans are coming up and the, uh, the corn is coming up, radishes are up and we'll see how those do. I'm still waiting for my carrots to show up. I'm having trouble with carrots this year too. Hmm. I don't know why. I planted a million of them, and I think Meg is planting more as we speak. Uh, yeah, we are seeing a lot of stuff come up here. Uh, a lot of our flowers are coming up really well. Uh, peppers are doing really well. Um, we added to our tomato beds. So we actually, so we have like a really good amount of tomatoes. Um, but like I said, I didn't, I didn't harden them off very well. Mm. So they took kind of a hit in those couple of warm days. So they, they got a little overheated. Um, we're showing, showing some stress. And then I, 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 have been treating them for a magnesium deficiency, which I was seeing in my, my hot peppers too. Yeah. So I just tablespoon of, uh, if anybody notices it, sometimes it's like a yellowing of the leaves, um, mm. a tablespoon of Epsom salts dissolved in water, uh, one gallon of water. And you just apply that and water with that, not too much, um, and uh, it will help with that magnesium. You'll see the new growth leaves won't have that yellowing after that. Um, we've been building this huge fence uh, around our expansion this year. Uh, I've been cutting down trees all morning and nice. uh, uh, doing that. Um, did I mean, been doing a lot of foraging. Um, and I'm making things. I made a um, chive blossom vinegar, uh, which will be ready in about a week. Uh, it's absolutely nice. this beautiful lavender color. And if you pick that 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 flower right before it goes to seed, um, and you just put you know like a cup of that in a cup and a half of uh, white vinegar or champagne vinegar, it is chef's Ooh. kiss. Um, so just reminded me to doing... pick up balsamic vinegar today. <laughs> Eric over here writing his grocery list while you're making yes. it from scratch. <laughs> well, we're talking about food and, and, and the stuff that's, you know, exactly. we're, we're lining our pantries. And, and yeah, it's important. Uh, pro tip, and, though, save a dollar on, you know, go one dollar less on the balsamic and then reduce that by half and put it back in the bottle. Uh, uh-huh. And it will, you will have yeah. so much more flavor. Um, right. So. 
Uh, but yeah, it's it's still early summer. There's not a lot going on, but I've got beans like crazy uh, for pinto and black beans and things like that. Um, weeds not in the ground yet up here, but yeah, uh, I, that's coming soon. I started. I just threw the, some junk seeds in the corner of the garden. They haven't sprouted yet, but it's been. I'm just not having luck with my weed this year. Uh, we we talked about this. Um, you, myself, and one of our our uh, a mutual friend all got seeds from the same company, and um, were disappointed, very mm-hmm. disappointed. And I've been buying from them for years. So, yep. what are you no, going to do? I'm going to go back to the, uh, the 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 Spanish seed bank that I found that I had. I mean, the seeds I bought from that spit that that the that seed bank. Uh, they were three years old this year when I planted them and had the cats not eaten them, they were doing really well. <laughs> well, you know, Eric, what oh. they say is that, you know, if, if your plants aren't being eaten by other animals or bugs, you're not part of the ecosystem. Right. Correct. So, uh, yeah. Yes. So. <laughs> um but yeah so it's gonna that's this is gonna get a lot more exciting and talking about what we're doing and processing and stuff as the season goes on uh, where strawberries should be coming in in the next few weeks oh my strawberries are looking really good really good i'm gonna go out i'm gonna go out and actually like i'm gonna go to some farm one of the farms that do them and just buy a couple get a couple pounds of hand-picked yeah, I think we're going to do the same because I'm going to be making a strawberry mead this year um, for, for the winter. And uh, the dandelion wine is looking great. It's just yeah. nice. I'll, I'll bottle that up in, in late November. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, it's you know not much to report right now, right? I, I mean, I'm nope. building fences, and I'll be out. And I, I'm actually going to talk a little bit about that when we get to our listener interaction parts here. But... Um, yeah, I'll be out weeding later today in the garden because I got all the little little grass sprouts that are like this tall, and you got to yeah. get get those out. And uh, yeah, I, that I'm rain. fighting mint. <laughs> I'm fighting with mint because I and it's a constant battle in my garden that if I right. don't keep the mint tamed, it takes over <laughs> like that. Well, that's, yeah, that's the nature of mint. So <laughs> there's not much to be done about it. Um, Lily, you hitting any farmers markets or anything in your cross country journey? Or are you? Uh, I mean, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was pretty much a straight drive, but I did go through a lot of farm country in Ohio, and I was looking at the crops, and I was going like this, and I was like, "Crap, I should be driving, not looking at all of these farms." <laughs> um, but it does. Uh, in in all honesty, it looks like a lot of people were, um, you know, out there farming and and getting their crop their crop level i don't know it looked good <laughs> right um, but you're but I, it's I, not I, familiar territory for and you. i would and i would like to uh i will touch on it at next week's episode because i i did see some things that i would like to touch on in next week's episode okay. yeah. Uh, fantastic yeah yeah awesome so i did actually hear from a couple of people in all of my begging for people to reach out to the show um and uh, some to, some of this is just questions that people were asking me on TikTok uh, about what the hell I was doing. Um, and I sent you both pictures. I've been building a fence, um, mm-hmm. a wattle fence. I, I keep calling it a waddle fence, but I'm <laughs> hoping nobody notices uh, that it's not a fence. Not it's not a fence made out of ducks. Um, <laughs> and so uh, we've been thinning through the forest around our home, uh, pulling maple. 
um, mm. three, four, five inch thick maples, cutting yep. those into poles for our uprights. Now I was, I, I made a nice fire in the fire pit and I was charring a large portion of the end that was going to go underground. And somebody asked yeah. me, why are you doing that? And the short answer is because carbon doesn't rot by, mm-hmm. by, you know, if you, if you want to save some money and you're making your own fence posts, um, char the ends, the portion that's going to be underground, it will waterproof them with carbon. Uh, so it's, it was just really cool. And that was from, uh, her user name was beautifully Alexa. And we had a quick chat we back and forth about the fence. And, uh, so anyway, thank you to her for that. You know, if you put those back in the ground, right, if you don't char them, you can sometimes get them to start growing again. Right. Yes. Which I have had happen in the past. (laughs) I made the mistake of putting maples in and like leaving the leaves on because I thought it looks cool. No. You'll have a tree. Yeah, we kind of kept growing until we took care of it. Yeah. Uh, and I also got an email from an individual named Carol, uh, which is a question for you and me, Eric, uh, asking how we heat in the winters here in Vermont, uh, uh, how we sort of battle that. Mm, I use uh, I use heating I use bio the bio de- heating fuel, and I supplement where as needed. I have a fireplace that I can right. have a fire in. I don't have a I want to get a wood stove to doubly supplement because I do not, I don't, like, I'm still waiting for the heat pump technology to come a little bit farther because it's, the heat pumps are great, but in the cold snaps, people found that, like, they're paying a very, very significant electric bill just to keep their home to, like, just like, like 60, like, they actually lowered their temperature down. To, so the heat pump wouldn't work as hard, and they still had to pay out the out for a lot of electricity. Uh, and I heat uh, entirely with wood. Well, the occasional space heater, like here in in my office area here, uh, I'm I'm as far away as you can get. So when I'm sitting in here talking, uh, uh, you know, to people, uh, I, I have a space heater in here. But I am entirely wood burning, uh, a sort of carbon neutral uh, situation. Uh, and yeah. I don't mind the work. I'm not so old that I don't, that I mind, you know, stacking wood, carrying wood and, and putting the effort into, you know, keeping my family warm. I, my so. grandfather did it until, I mean, honestly, he did it well into his, his eighties and early nineties because he died at 92, but he, uh, I mean, he, until he was in, until he died, he was still hauling his own wood in. Yeah. My, we, we helped him stack the big pile but I mean, right. that was one of his one of his daily exercises for the day was to bring wood in from outside and carry it down, bring it down to the basement. I, and I feel like that's that's such a great exercise, and to to keep doing that at that age is it's just that routine and just to keep your mm-hmm. mind in engaged. And unfortunately, yeah. my house in Vermont is is oil heated, and I've been trying to convince um, my parents who own the house. Uh, to go to a wood stove and they're like, eh, it's right. too much work. And I'm like, but it's better. Yeah. It, I mean, <laughs> they, they just, I love my wood stove. Yeah. yeah. You know. And it's, it's been a hard time convincing because they're like, we don't want to stack the wood and we don't want to do all this. But I'm like, it's, it's really 
good for your body and good for your mind. And it gives you a task during the winter well, because it, I feel like our bodies go so dormant yeah. during the yeah. winter. And, and you're still touching the earth. And there's something to be said Correct. about that. And I know exactly. I sound like an old hippie, but no, you're touching the you earth are. and there's something about that. You're, and you're in tune with that nature that you're, you're so deprived of in that winter time when you can't go out and do gardening and so that like right. that little moment when you're like i'm gonna stack my wood and bring it in like it, it really reconnects you with with well, that and and meg is always so appreciative that i go out there and do it so <laughs> that yeah, helps that helps that really does help <laughs> uh so uh I think, I mean, it, it, it was a bit doom and gloom there, but I mean, that's the world that we live in. Mm -hmm. And I, yep. I, I think, I think this is, you know, something to continue watching these wildfires and, and how the wildfire season plays out across the United States. Not, not and, only the wildfire season, but we like every other weather inclement. That right. Yeah. Possible. We have, we are into tornado. We have tornado yep. season kicking up. We, yep. we already touched on the hurricane seasons coming up. Yeah. And then we have fire season going, so we've got the uh, we've got the, the trifecta. trifecta. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, have fun in the apocalypse, kids. Mm -hmm. uh, next week's <laughs> episode, next Tuesday, we will be talking to, or I will be talking to Rebecca from Fiddler's Green here in Vermont about her homestead, her her business, and uh, how she's. Uh, weathering climate change uh, as a small business owner growing things on her land. Uh, so that that should be real fun. And we're going to also talk about this uh, frost, this devastating frost that came across Vermont uh, uh, separately from that. And, yep, um, week before, yeah, hit, hit the week before Memorial Day. Correct. And yeah. just, yeah, did bad okay, stuff. And we'll talk about bad stuff. Yeah. And if anybody out there, <laughs> if anybody out there wants to talk to us, best ways to reach out to us currently is you can talk to me directly on TikTok um, uh, at Broken Broken Shovel Farm, and our email is Broken Shovel eight zero two at Gmail. Uh, is there any other housekeeping, Lily, Eric? Anything I'm missing? No. Fantastic. Well, this was a, yes, <laughs> yes, reach out. We like talking to people. Uh, I tend to ask a lot of questions. Yes. Um, and uh, I, I just do love meeting new people. So um, I think that was a great, that was great, guys. Thank you so much. And we'll, we'll be back next week with some doom and gloom with a, with a cherry on top. <laughs> <laughs> All right.